Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for war? All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, locked in for another episode of The Conspiracy Farm. Jeffrey Wilson, as always, riding shotgun. UFC Hall of Famer, eater of worlds. My good friend, Pat Militich. How you doing this morning, champ? I'm doing good. Let's go. Yeah, I'm really stoked. I mean, been following this guy's work for, for literally years. Um, I'm just absolutely stoked that he's taking the time. He is out and about promoting his new film or documentary where he is the focus, uh, authorized documentary where like again he is the focus he is author he is researcher he is scholar he is renegade david ike how are you doing this morning david or this afternoon i'm good mate yeah nice to talk to you thank you thank you so very much again like your 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 breadth of knowledge and your work covers so so very much but i've heard as i've heard you in your videos you know promoting the movie and everything let's kind of start with the here and now but before we even get into it how are you doing how is life treating you i know you've been busy promoting the film how's it going with you uh, very good. I mean, the film has been um, received um, magnificently by people uh, because um, it connects dots um, in one hour, 40 minutes uh, for people, <laughs> that, uh, especially people who are kind of new to this. One of the one of the great things, the reason for making the film, really, one of the great uh, pieces of feedback are people that have been into my work, but have taken people along to see it in the premieres. Um, who, who knew next to nothing and how the, it had an effect on them. Because, uh, you know, as, as you will know, um, when you connect the dots um, across a great swathe of subjects, then the world looks very different. Mm-hmm. Suddenly there's a picture rather than a series of apparently random events. Yes. And it has a big effect on people. Well, as well as it should. I mean, it, it's, it's very... Um... I, it's going to be awesome having this conversation because our last couple episodes have dealt with kind of the, the larger topic that we're going to talk about. And like we, like you just said, we're going to connect the dots because for me, I mean, we, we've talked about, you know, the Western her allies funding terror vaccines. I mean, you kind of name it. We've talked about it. But for me, man, I really believe this is this is not a Moab. This is not a mother of all truth bom- or mother of all bombs. This is a Moac. This is the mother of all conspiracies. And uh, talk to me if you don't mind, because like you said, it all ties together. And I know we don't have you very long, so we're going to try to encapsulate a lot of information in a short period of time. Climate change, sir. The nomenclature obviously has changed from man-made global warming, etc. But under the auspices of this thing we know as climate change, we're talking about eugenics. We're talking about a new level of, of technology, of economy, of just changing the whole way we live life. And under this is is 5G, it's the internet of all things. If you don't mind, sir, talk to me about that and, and how it all ties together. Uh, well, um, if you want to control and direct uh, a human society of uh, 7.7, 7.8 billion people, you can't do this physically. They want to try to do that, ultimately through AI connections to the human brain um, and the human mind, um, which they're obviously already talking about. But until they reach that point, you can't direct that number of people physically because there's just not enough of you, even though you manipulate chunks of that target population to be your um, 
your police state, you've still not got enough people. So you have to control and direct by hijacking perception. And perception comes from information received, and that's why uh, we have this um, absolute explosion of censorship, because uh, while we have freedom of speech and freedom of of opinion, then uh, you can't have that point where people only hear and see what you want them to see and hear. So that's why we've got all this censorship. And information takes many, um, many expressions. And like I say, perception comes from information received. It could be, um, you know, what you learned at school or thought you did, uh, what you see in the media, whatever. And one of these sources of information to manipulate perception, thus get people to accept changes in society that come from that accepted perception, is what we call human-caused climate change. And, you know, people were asking me uh, years ago, and it's it's an understandable question, when I was saying, actually, it's a hoax. It's not really uh, uh, being caused by uh, humanity. Climate change has, has always been with us, and it's been in far greater extremes than um, anything that people perceive to be happening now. Right. Uh, long, long before we had a, a, a situation echo, where... Echo again, Pat. I'm sorry. Or echo again. Sorry, David. Yeah, okay. Um, long before um, any technology existed that was producing um, CO2, carbon dioxide, So when you have um, the uh, medieval warm period, when temperatures were much higher than they are now, um, what was causing that? Obviously, it wasn't carbon dioxide because humans weren't producing it except uh, breathing out. I suppose we can always ban breathing. Uh, Wait for that one. Um, And and so (laughs) the, the, the question that I was asked is, but why would they lie to us about this? And what I said at the time was because they want to use it as an excuse to transform human society. They want to have an excuse to impose their will upon the um, fine detail of everyone's life. They want to centralize power and use we need to save the world as the reason for justifying it. And what is happening now um, as this um, uh, climate change is ramped up, and no- note it became known as climate change after temperatures stopped uh, rising right. uh, when they called it uh, global warming. Um, what we're seeing now is precisely what I said was the agenda, not not because I uh, am a genius, but because if you can uncover what is planned, you can predict the future unless something intervenes to stop that happening. And now we've got the Green New Deal of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which is basically uh, wanting to change society in the way that I said the the, uh, whole hoax was about. We have an organization with massive connections to the elite and billionaires in Britain called Extinction Rebellion that's been shutting streets in London in protest at not enough being done for climate change. And what they're demanding is basically Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal. We have the United Nations that's been pushing an agenda to transform human society, centralized control of everything, everything, called Agenda 21 and the update Agenda 2030, which is demanding what I said that this whole thing was about. And then when you um, actually uh, look look at the, um, you know, it's it's a a very good uh, litmus test um, to 
what is the agenda when you ask the question what am i not allowed to have a different opinion about what what um do i say that is censored what do i say that is dismissed what do the media not talk about um but but only um emphasize one side of the story uh, and and when you see across the swathe of subjects what's happening today you can pick them out one after the other mm -hmm. you're not allowed to have this opinion you're not allowed to say this the media won't cover that except as a form of abuse and um it's a real simple um simple situation if you cannot win the debate whatever it is we're mm -hmm. talking uh, climate change now then you don't have the debate you're not going to have a debate you can't win and and when the full breadth of the information about climate change uh, and the claims comes out as with vaccines etc yeah. you can't win the debate so this is when you get the the debate shut down through uh, through censorship um, and you look at people who are not heard, not very much anyway, very rarely in the mainstream media, climatologists and meteorologists who are putting a different um, uh, view of this. And, and they are extremely compelling in, in what they describe um, in the sense that there's a, a book I've been reading recently called um, Climate Chronicles by a, a meteorologist in America called Joe Bastardi. And um, he's one of these... Um, weather nerds he's just uh, really obsessed with weather and statistics and all these things and he went back and and looked at these um different cycles and he he looked at things that that happened today and immediately again it's the psychological perception manipulation you have any kind of weather uh system that's just beyond the norm or just beyond the regular it's climate change, we're all gonna die. And he thought, well, hold on a minute, let me have a look at this. And he went back um, to these same climate sequences in the 50s, in the 40s, in the 20s, the 30s. And he found the same sequences and he found them coming from the same things that are causing them today. One of his um, uh, areas that he talks about was the times when the Atlantic warms and the Atlantic cools and when the Pacific warms and the, the Pacific cools. And he goes through these sequences and says, when this uh, ocean cools, this sequence happens. When this ocean cools, this sequence happens. And it's the same sequences that they're saying today, it's climate change, we're all going to die. Isn't that so, the El Nino and La Nina? Yeah, all these things. I mean, I mean you know, these are natural cycles. And Have you noticed something? Um, when they're talking about uh, human-caused climate change, uh, they almost never mention the sun. Right. Now, I, I've noticed, I don't know whether you have, I, I've noticed from time to time, not very often, that when the sun comes out, it gets warmer. You know, I do feel there's some kind of <laughs> correlation there. between sun activity and um, and climate uh, uh, temperature. And, of course, when you look at this um, period, they call the medieval warm period, uh, when temperatures, um, well, 800,000 years ago were, were higher than they are now. What was that, what was that? turbocharged hand carts? Right. Um, and and, and then, you, then what happened is we went into what they call the Little Ice Age, when temperatures fell dramatically. And um, you still see portrays of this or portrayals of this on Christmas cards 
in Britain uh, when uh, you see people um, skating on the River Thames in London because it used to freeze over every year. And at the, at the bottom nadir of this little ice age, uh, when it was at its coldest, we had something uh, called the Maunder Minimum, which was named after a guy called Maunder and his wife was involved as well, who um, were charting sunspot activity when the sun is uh, either very active and there's lots of sunspots uh, projections from the sun and when the sun is very inactive and there are next to none if none and at the bottom of that coldest um, little ice age point was the Maunder minimum when there was no sunspot activity that it was a real down period for, for, for uh, projections of energy from the sun and then we climbed out of the little ice age to present day. And when they say, uh, to, uh, you know, this, this is the hottest day since records began, what they don't tell you is most of these records began as we were still coming out of the little ice age. So um, hmm. the comparisons between those and now are, are basically um, irrelevant. But just finally, what I am seeing more and more, but you have to go looking for it, of course, you won't get this on the BBC or MSNBC, um, is the number of scientists now who are changing their mind and saying, actually, I, I'm not sure that this is happening. Uh, but there's a, a great um, a great line um, uh, that was said. Um, it's um, basically the theme of it was it's very difficult to get someone to accept something if um, their salary, their career is dependent on them um, accepting it. And of course, there's an enormous fantastic amounts of money flowing around for scientists who are willing to um, repeat from and sing from the song sheet of climate change. Right. And, and, and there's a lot of consequences of the other kind for scientists who who choose to say, I'm not I'm not buying it. And like you said, the control of the information and the narrative, we talk about it all the time on this show, like with Operation Mockingbird and the media, it thus controls your perception of what's going on. And like we've said, that you know they're, they're playing off people's just genuine humanity, their basic good in humans. And of course, we want to take care of the planet. Of course, we want to take care of our, of our environment. But it's, I mean, that that's it, within that is really the the misdirection because ultimately the eugenicists they they hate human beings and they're demonizing human beings and this by controlling the information and getting everyone to acquiesce to this, like I said in the beginning, this is ushering in and like you just mentioned with Agenda Twenty One, the Internet of Things, and even me moving into I guess I'll ask, are you seeing more of a frequency of? of asteroids that are going to hit us or, or UFO sightings. We've had like official military confirmation of this. Now, yeah. do, do you find this accidental? And is this, do you feel is, is possible real disclosure coming or is it what people have lamented a lot that they're going to do basically a fake alien invasion to at the end of the day, augment all of this, this apparatus and weaponized space and 5g, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that? Well, what, one of the uh, one of the things I've said over the years is nothing's more manipulatable than genuineness that isn't streetwise, and uh, it's the streetwise bit that putting out this information is trying to achieve. Um, and and the question, who benefits? Who benefits from me believing this? And if you uh, I, another thing that I've said over the years is um, know the outcome and you'll see the journey. If you know where it's meant to go then apparently random events that they would seem to be otherwise, if you didn't know where it was uh, going, become very clear stepping stones to that 
to that um, um, outcome. Right. And and of course, um, uh, one of the things that I, I wrote about in um, in the 1990s was um, was this phrase: um, problem, reaction, solution. Um, where you create a problem, you get the um, public to react to the problem, do something, and then you offer a solution to the problem you've created. And there's another version, which I call no problem reaction solution, where you don't need a real problem, you just need the uh, perception of one. And of course, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq was a classic. So if you bring all this together, um, on the fact that uh, this control of humanity is actually actually perceptual control, which from that comes behavior control, then um, you need to look at things in a in a slightly different way. And the whole um, UFO thing is one of them. Uh, funnily enough, um, you bring this subject up. I did a, a video on my website um, recently, last few days, talking about this very subject. Oh, I've been following this for a very long time, and anyone that looks into my work in any detail will re- will see that I'm I am saying that behind the human manipulation is actually a non-human force. So when uh, the Navy and the Pentagon start coming out now with um, more openness, oh yeah, we're seeing UFOs all the time, uh, then um, I should be saying, see, told you, told you I was right. right. But I'm not. I'm not reacting like that. I'm saying, hold on a minute. I know from my own research, I spent a lot of time in America uh, on these subjects in the 1990s, that um, they have worked so hard to suppress genuine uh, information about uh, UFO activity. Uh, They have put tremendous surveillance and pressure on people who've come from the inside and want to um, talk about what they know. And now suddenly you're seeing it openly talked about. uh, And the question is why, you know, unless they've uh, visited the Syrian capital um, and had a, uh, you know, a a a massive change of heart uh, on the road to Damascus, there's a scam going on here. And so um, we come back to problem reaction solution or no problem reaction solution. Uh, you, You might remember that in 1987, and I'm not saying he said it for this reason, but he certainly articulated the theme accurately. Ronald Reagan uh, made a speech at the UN in which he was uh, saying, look, if, if we um, had a, a threat from a basically a, 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 an alien race, we'd all come together, wouldn't we? Mm. Uh, and so when you look at know the outcome and you'll see the journey, the outcome that they want um, only on one level is a completely centralized uh, global tyranny based on a world government that in the end would not even be elected, it would be appointed, um, and a world army imposing the will of the world government on any people or communities that didn't want to accept the uh, the imposition. Now, of course, if we did um, have a threat from outside, uh, and people believe that there was a threat, and they do have the technology to uh, to pull it off. That's without doubt. Blue Beam, then, Project Blue Beam. Project Blue Beam, yes. Uh, going back to the the nineteen nineties. Uh, Voila, where, global army, right? Yeah, that that. What would they say? We've got to come together. We've got to pull our military resources. What what happens when a country goes to war? Certainly, countries like Britain, they have a war cabinet. Where, where democracy is suspended and a few people who are appointed to the war cabinet then decide what happens across the swathe of 
society. We must stop this to, for the war effort. We must stop this for the, and, and do this for the war effort. And, and that's what you would have globally if this was the case. Now, ironically, this is where I'm coming from, um, the aliens are not coming. They're already here um, uh, and operating behind this uh, network of uh, bloodlines and secret societies that are uh, directing uh, human society. So any any idea that we're going to be invaded is just a hoax and, and red flags should be flying and red um, flashing lights should be going off everywhere if they ever come out and start to evolve this openness, this disclosure into there's a threat from outside and, and we must um, come together to meet the threat because that will be the hoax. And Trump has Trump has actually made that kind of lean toward that a little bit by making the statement that, you know, this country needs something major to happen for it to come together, along with flashes of light on the moon and UFO sightings and all the other stuff. It, it really leads me to, to think that they might be, you know, leading up to this. Well, the space agency. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, when, when, if you look at um, if you look at NASA, NASA was created by uh, German Nazis um, brought from Germany um, uh, at the end of the war. Werner von Braun. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, von Braun, um, Werner von Braun. Now, that's an interesting story because I was um, writing in my books years ago. It's uh, uh, that was that came out. Quite a, quite a little time ago now, of a, um, a lady who um, worked for Von Braun. She was basically an assistant. You probably come across Rosen, come across Rosen or something like that? That's the one, yeah. Who said that he told her that a series of things would happen, and if they happened, uh, basically, um, they were hoaxes. Right. And it's interesting, one of them you brought up earlier, which was threat from asteroid and asteroids. Uh, another one was an an, an alien invasion. Mm. Another one was um, uh, countries of concern. <laughs> These are all um, aliens. Uh, it was ter like terror, aliens, nation yeah, states. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, the lot. And this was kind of ages ago that he, uh, she said he said this to her. And uh, basically, we're we're ticking them off um, uh, one by one. So. Uh, there is, I mean, I know this after 30 years of research, there is an agenda. They're not making this up. Obviously, they have to tweak it here and there as, as, as they uh, observe and monitor human reaction to what they're doing. But basically, there is an agenda. This is how uh, the uh, Aldous Huxley could write Brave New World. This is how uh, 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 Eric Blair, better known as... Um, as uh, George Orwell could write 1984 in the 1940s. This is why people I quoted from 1969, etc., insiders, could describe the world as it is today and what's happening today in some detail, how they could describe the Internet before anyone in the public arena has ever known uh, anything about an Internet. There is an agenda. There's two worlds. There's one occupied by this network of uh, manipulation, and that has a certain level of knowledge. And then there is the public arena, which that is manipulating, which is kept in a much um, more limited level of knowledge. So um, what happens is when you start to uncover the knowledge base and the agenda of this other world, if you like, uh, that's um, 
operating in the shadows, uh, then that um, world of everyone else that's coming from a much more limited level of information, um, they are understandably in large numbers going to laugh and ridicule and dismiss mm. what you're saying the plan is because so much of what um, uh, is happening can only happen because the level of knowledge in this other world is um, in the shadows is much greater than it is in the public arena. So to, to, to the public arena, again, another um, excuse in part uh, uh, justified by protecting the planet from uh, climate change is, is 5G and this big technological Wi-Fi society. Now, if you only have a certain level of information and you don't go anywhere else, you will say, 5G, that's great. That is going to download me movie in seconds. <laughs> but if you have access to what this other shadow world knows, you go, this is potentially uh, absolutely catastrophic on multiple levels for not only um, humanity physically, but humanity psychologically. So this is, this is um, the, um, if you like, the tussle all the time to keep the knowledge of this hidden world and what it knows and what it plans from the public, which again brings us back to this fantastic explosion of censorship because um, the internet was created and the, the foundation of it was created by DARPA, the technological development arm of the Pentagon, which has um, no interest in the benefits of anything for humanity, quite the opposite. No. And, and it had uh, all along an agenda for the internet. Um, it wanted it to become the central pillar of human society uh, in, a, in a way that was irreversible. To get there to that point, they had to um, allow the internet to become something that people wanted. And so we had a period of no censorship. Uh, and in that period, information was circulating that was getting people to go, hold on a minute, this is making more sense than what I saw before. Mm -hmm. and, and so now um, they've reached that point where the internet is the central pillar of human society and, mm -hmm. and it's irreversible. So. Um, then uh, we'll um, we'll now make the internet what we planned all along and shut down everything that we don't want people to hear. They played the same scam with Amazon, with um, Facebook, with Google. Uh, build up these internet uh, giants until they're near monopolies, uh, and and in the build up, so you get massive support for them. You allow the free flow of information. Once you reach that point and we're there where they're near monopolies, well, so what are you going to do about it? You're going to start another platform. We'll destroy it. Um, then we see the censorship uh, coming in in the same way that we do with the Internet um, uh, as a whole. And this whole 5G and this whole Wi-Fi smart technology all connects into the Internet because what they're building in front of our eyes is a, a smart grid which is ultimately designed to be connected to the human brain. And from that point, we won't have our, um, or the humans won't have their perceptions manipulated by controlling information. They'll get their perceptions direct from AI. Wow. And part of that process, as you said, is, you know, we have to become completely reliant on them. this machine. They have to, you know, 
completely rely on it. And, you know, they, you know, the eugenicists, they look at us as they say fodder. And as you've said in a lot of your videos, they, they almost have to tell you, you know, what they're going to do before they do it. And, um, you know, we see we see that play out quite a bit. What do you, I mean? And, and again, a part like, this thing can't work without us. And so no. kind of through our silence, we are acquiescent to it. But talk to us about how they especially with the whole there's no more individuals anymore. It's all groups. And even just from a larger kind of metaphysical standpoint, they keep us so resonated on such low frequencies that it, we're so easy to manipulate. Talk to talk to us, if you will, about our participation in this and how they you know, man manipulate us to keep us so basic. Well, um, if, if you go uh, back to the, the basic nature of the I, the infinite I, um, it's not the labels that we give ourselves. It's the consciousness that is experiencing those labels. So whether you are um, black, white, whatever, whether you're this religion or that religion, just uh, whatever, whatever income bracket you are, those labels are just experiences. What we are is the awareness, the consciousness that's having those experiences. And the, if you um, are a manipulative force that is manipulating and controlling via perception, then you need perception as focused and limited as possible. You basically need it to only perceive the five sense level of everything. Can I touch it, taste it, see it, hear it? Okay, it, it exists then. And anything beyond that, you, um, you ridicule, you dismiss, you call it pseudoscience, you call it paranormal when it's perfectly normal. And, and perceptions, like every thought and every emotion, are frequencies. If you are in a state of depression, then you are resonating um, in a very dense, low frequency, which relates to the vibration of depression. Same with anxiety, massively the same with fear. This is why people say when um, they're in those states, I feel heavy, I feel so heavy today. It's because their energetic field has become so dense because of the slow vibration. And, and that um, then interacts with reality within that band of frequency. And those people will see themselves in terms only of their five sense labels, IMR, as I call it. And they will only perceive five sense reality. And of course, the whole basis of the conspiracy is to isolate the population in five sense reality, and then control the information at that level that they receive thus controlling their perception. What happens, not just now, but all the way through history, which is why the authorities have always been targeting and terrified of mavericks and renegades and people that won't, won't, won't absorb the program, that want, want to let their mind wander into more expanded uh, uh, realms. Um, what happens is, as you um, say, re-self-identify from, from I am my label, I'm Bill and I'm a bus driver, that's what I am, to, well, yes, Bill and the, uh, driving the bus is my experience, but I am the consciousness having that experience. Then your um, state of awareness starts to expand because your self-identity has expanded, so does your uh, realm uh, of uh, consciousness that you're accessing and being influenced by. 
that's and deep. when you do that that's when you when, when you expand beyond that five sense realm you start to see things you weren't seeing before suddenly from from uh, everything being random you start to see patterns and how it's all um connected so the bottom line is they have to hold us in this low vibrational state, in states of fear, of anxiety, of, of, of depression, of worry, uh, of fearing the future. Uh, because then we're, we're in their stadium and they don't want joy. They don't want happiness. They don't want an, an understanding of the nature of the true eye, because all those things are much more high uh, frequency, more expanded states of being. They don't want that. Uh, and so they've set up society to make it basically a struggle um, uh, to reward those that play the game and to uh, target those who refuse to play the game. Uh, and, and if you look at the, the basic human condition, overwhelmingly, it's about survival. Survival. Am I going to pay the rent at the end of the month? Uh, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? What's going to happen to the kids? It's all about survival. They are low vibrational states, which is what what they um, they they want us in. And and just finishing the point, this 5G and this technological uh, technologically generated frequency C um, that we now live in. I mean, you know, the technological radiation in our lower atmosphere where we uh, uh, live uh, compared with the turn of the 20th century is absolutely fantastic like it's millions of times greater and this technologically generated frequency uh, C with the ante being massively upped by 5G is now holding us and affecting our vibrational state externally by 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 what what um, it's uh, firing at us. It's just heavy, well, and it's so fascinating too when you talk about you know how we're just trained. You, you had said in one of your videos, and I, I'd, I'd heard it about. I think the Jesuits say something like, "Give me your kid at six or seven, and I have them for the, for the rest of their life or something like that." We put our kids in these institutions so young, you know, four or five years old, and they're they're just trained. There's condition. What is what isn't? What's possible? What's not possible? And I, I just I find that so fascinating because I find it refreshing. In another one of your videos, you said something about Morpheus and the Matrix holding up the battery. And that's what I have on my Facebook on my cover page, because that's we're just we're just fuel for the machine. It seems like we are fuel for the machine. Actually, we, we're actually fuel for this non-human force in the end, which feeds off human energy. Um, so so the whole um, symbolism in the Matrix movies of the machines think A.I., um, feeding off um, human energetic fields like those babies in the in the farms the baby farms in the matrix uh, that's uh, highly symbolic of what's um, what's actually uh, been going on now this um, this is getting deep now this this force <laughs> is a, is a low vibrational um, phenomenon it's a very distorted uh, phenomenon and thus um, because we know that because it wouldn't be doing what it's doing if it wasn't and therefore, for it to feed off human energy, that human energy has to be generated in a frequency band that it can absorb. Otherwise, it's radio A bypassing radio B. They're not on the same wavelength. So they have to get us on this energy level to um, generate this low vibrational emotional energy 
within the frequency band that they can absorb. And that's what they've set up. It, it literally is that battery being held up. Now, if you if you start to uh, look at it from another point of view and, you know, people might listen to me here for the first time and say, oh, God, this is depressing. Oh, yeah. But actually, it's not. It's totally freeing and empowering because if I looked at the world um, and I perceived it as a, a solid uh, physical realm uh, as we as we experience it, but it's not. I mean, quantum physics has shown this uh, for a start. Um, then I would look at it and what's happening now, and I would say, I'm out of here, mate. Basically, I'm just going to live out the rest of my life, and I'm going to have as good a time as I can because um, it's pointless what I'm doing. It's pointless what you're doing. It's pointless. Nothing's. Ever, we're never going to change it. Uh, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying the opposite. Because if you um, think that, uh, I mean, when, pe when we have a problem, people can say we must find a solution, but solutions usually lead to other problems. The greatest way to deal with a problem is to remove the cause of it. And, right. and, and the cause of human control and all this stuff that's happening is that um, humanity has allowed its perceptions to be hijacked. Yes. It, it's allowed its perceptions to be hijacked and it's allowed its perceptions to be limited to a range of possibility. This is really important. One of the greatest ways to control uh, perception is to limit its perception of possibility. Because right. then all the things that you're doing outside that perception of possibility to manipulate People will just laugh at when anyone says this is what they're doing. So it's about taking our perceptions back. It's about um, redefining our self-identity from I'm little me, Bill driving the bus. That's all I am. I've got no power. I'm not powerful like those people up there. Um, to say, look, I am consciousness, having the experience. And that consciousness, that consciousness that I'm accessing, that I'm being influenced by, that I'm being empowered by, can be the size of a pea symbolically, or it can be enormous. Um, uh, just, and, and, and it's not that, you know, you have to seek to expand your awareness. We, our natural state is expanded awareness. Humanity has been manipulated into an unnatural state. Why? because of the programs. The program perceptions act like a bubble around, uh, around us, and, and they, they uh, uh, stop us um, perceiving and understanding from levels of awareness that are beyond the bubble, because the, the hand goes up, oh, that's crazy, I can't do that. And, and then there's the other thing. Uh, well, if I do start thinking about this and talking like this, well, what will my mother say? What will the people at work say? Uh, what right. consequences are there for me? So this is a, a self-perpetuating perceptual uh, manipulation machine, which we can break out of whenever we choose by taking our perceptions back and by saying, I'm going to be me. I'm not going to be uh, judge myself or allow myself to be judged as a group, as a thing, as a um, uh, 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 just a, a name and, and a list of labels. I am going to express my uniqueness. And when you do that, your frequency starts to change and your perception of the world starts to change. Let me ask you, David, because me and Pat, we talk about it all the time and it's really kind of out there, QAnon, et cetera. As far as a perceptual game, a lot of people feel 
Donald J. Trump is a, a reshaping of the political paradigm, this outsider, this white hat that is, you know, taking it to the old uh, deep state, et cetera, et cetera. Donald Trump, what's is he that? Is he just another iteration of the deep state telling us kind of what, what we want to hear, cult of personality, kind of like Obama was, but just swung the other direction? Uh, well, uh, basically, yes. I, but I'll tell you how I, I look at people, whether they're politicians or, or, or whatever. I listen to what they say. I don't listen to the totality of what they say and then make a decision what I think. I listen to each individual statement. And so when someone like Trump is speaking, I might say, yeah, I agree with that. And then the next sentence, absolutely don't agree with that. But what they've done in with politics in general, and again, it's part of this perceptual um, manipulation, is they've, they've uh, manipulated people to judge everything by w whether it's black or whether it's white. And, mm -hmm. and the current situation in America is a classic example where you either hate Trump or you love Trump. You think he's a messiah or you think he's the devil. Um, uh, the, 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 the penny drop um, when people start to get it is when they realize that whether it's Donald Trump or Barack Obama or George Bush or Bill Clinton, these are here today, gone tomorrow people. And another, what, four or five years, even if he wins a second term, Trump will be gone, just like Obama's gone and, and Bush is gone. But so why does the world keep going in the same direction, irrespective of these uh, people that come and, you know, spout their rhetoric and... Um, appear to be saying slightly different things um, to the one before. Uh, because these here today, gone tomorrow politicians are a diversion. Uh, you know, the, the real power is what I call the permanent government. Uh, again, I've been writing about this for nearly 30 years, and, and now the deep state is almost common parlance now. Right. But, the deep, but the deep state, which is basically the... Um, the intelligence law enforcement level of the permanent government is only part of it. The permanent government consists at the top, or at least at the top where I'll start, it goes above that, of a secret society network um, with a central control system. Uh, then it comes down through control of money, control of corporations, control of government agencies, uh, and um, control of the media, and so on. Um, and uh, then, uh, eventually you come down to the bottom where you have the here today, gone tomorrow politicians. Uh, and the permanent government is always there. It doesn't go away. It's not subject to the ballot box. The, 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 the people at the bottom, the here today, gone tomorrow people are subject to that. The trick has been to focus people's attention um, on the here today, gone tomorrow level of politics as where the power is and where the decisions are made um, that um, change society. That's not how it works. So if you look at, um, at Trump, the things that this um, permanent government want, that Trump also um, says he wants, they happen. And things that Trump says he, he wants, but they, um, the permanent government doesn't want, they don't happen. Uh, for instance, uh, a classic example, in his election campaign, whether he meant it or not, it's what he said, he wanted to stop 
um, having uh, uh, America and the American military intervening and manipulating um, in other people's societies uh, after the, the stream of Libya and Iraq and et cetera. Right. And, and then um, he uh, appoints a series of um, secretaries of state and national security advisors, but they weren't really the ones that the permanent government wanted. They had one name on that uh, national security advisor list <laughs> and one name only called John Bolton. Mm -hmm. uh, and John Bolton was involved with the project of the New American Century and the, and the, the so-called neocons that were part of the whole Bush administration, which, which led to the invasion of Iraq, etc. Um, and so eventually they got what they wanted. And Bolton came in and suddenly the same basic agenda that was followed by the Bush administration is now being followed by them. They brought Pompeo in, who is another one um, who has the same basic uh, mentality as Bolton as secretary of, um, of state. So um, you can see how um, Trump um, uh, is being manipulated. They take what he wants that they want and they block what he wants that they don't want. Mm. This, this happens with every um, uh, every president, uh, no matter who they are. And some of the presidents, like boy George Bush, are so controlled and so um, uh, limited in their, uh, uh, if you like, mental capacity to see what, what is happening. And they've been brought up in the Bush family, in his case, so they've been schooled in this conspiracy from the start. Um, that they just um, they just roll over and and the uh, permanent government does what it likes, um, but um, uh, if he hadn't, they would have pushed back on him as well. It's just the way it works. Right. Patrick, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of this, when we put it all together, has to be stopped really to save humanity's at least soul, right? Otherwise, we're just we're just meat. Meat suits walking around being yep. controlled by by big government, and in my in my mind, I'm sitting there envisioning what would it take to to stop it all. I mean, you'd have, you'd have to assemble intelligence officials, military people, financial folks from the financial sector, the media arm, everything else, to try and to try and take this back over, or just take over social media and the media by force, the financial sector, whatever you've got to do, but some way, shape or form, um, something's got to change or even, you know, some sort of terrorist grid or an EMP on the grid that, that takes down our entire electrical grid, at least might kill a lot of people, but it will unplug the rest of us from the control of, of these Skynet these people. But so I see, I see Trump at least attempting to go against, you know, the Facebook, Twitter, Google censorship and 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 try and break up those monopolies. So um, I don't know if it's going to be successful. Um, if it's not successful, certainly, David, you're you're uh, speaking of, of everything he's attempted or every president attempts that they think is good getting blocked by the the real government um, is certainly true. Yeah, I think the thing about Trump as well um, is that um, uh, from from a, a personal point of view, he knows that what's being censored overwhelmingly, not entirely, but overwhelmingly by this uh, censorship uh, is um, are, are his his supporters, the sources of information that the people that got him elected 
um, would um, were are influenced by. And, and I'll so, just break in real quick to interrupt you. But it, wouldn't you say that that most most of the folks who um, support Donald Trump are folks who would agree with what you and I and and Jeffrey are speaking about today? Yeah, that's what it's what I'm what I'm saying is that he he also has a personal interest in um, in stopping this uh, censorship. I think he he could do more. I think he could be much louder about it and and much more focused about it. But but he has an interest in that because if he's going to get reelected, um, he's going to be uh, uh, massively um, uh, affected in a negative way by uh, these. Um, sources of information that are basically uh, uh, saying what he says he stands for, um, um, th th they're being censored. So this next election, that information that circulated and got him elected, uh, it, it, as we look at it now, he's not going to circulate in anything like the same way. So he's got an interest also in um, in, in uh, breaking up this uh, censorship. But, um, you know, in the end, um, first, personally, I, I don't a, a trust Trump. I never have. Uh, if you see my videos from 2016, I don't trust him. I don't trust Clinton. I don't trust any of them. Um, because um, in the end, uh, you know, they are um, puppets of of a um, of this force, and, and they might be pushing against it. But then again, you, you look at Trump and you say, well, how did he get to power? How did he get to power against all the odds? How did he beat something like 16? other uh, Republican candidates that wanted the nomination um, when all the media apparently was be, uh, against him. Well, one reason was that an enormous number of people are sick of the way the world's going. They're sick of the censorship. They're sick of political correctness. They're sick of all of it. And therefore, when he started talking about it, they went for him um, uh, because he was telling them what they wanted to hear. So they, they went for him. But um, at the same time, if you look again, know the outcome and you'll see the journey. What I was saying in the, the run up to his election is that I think they want Trump in because they want to completely divide human society. They want to divide rather American society, human society, too. But in this case, American society, they want to create a massive polarization. And if you look at um, the techniques of Marxism, um, which is to play groups off against each other. Mm -hmm. So, um, and now what they've done is created more and more groups instead of the haves against the have-nots groups played off against each other to do to um, transform society. Now it's self-identity groups to play off against each other. More and more of them being created all the time, and it's because this what I say is a new version of Marxism based on self-identity groups. Um, this is why you have this extraordinary alliance now between so-called progressives and multi-billionaires uh, of the Internet giants and banking giants and what have you. It's because instead of um, being united among the have-nots and united among the haves, now it's united by self-identity. Mm -hmm. So as long as the billionaire supports your self-identity group, then he's a good guy. And he's your mate. And this is where this this amazing alliance uh, has come. So the other uh, big um, technique that Marxism use is is to focus attention on an individual. 
if you want to um, bring down a government or divide society, then focus on it, personify it. Um, say this man personifies evil, basically. And you look at the, the way they play this. Look at what they did in um, in Egypt when they removed uh, Mubarak. Everything was focused on Mubarak. When they did the same in Ukraine, everything was focused on uh, Yanukovych. He's he's evil and, 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 and um, therefore he must be removed. And so what they've done with Trump, and I'm not saying he's involved with this. He's, again, you know, a, a puppet in the end of this force, um, whether he fully knows it or not. Um, they've, they've made him Mr. Evil in the eyes of, uh, 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 well, basically uh, the half of American society at the last election. And, and he's now the focus. So because of this technique, we're not talking about homeless people in Skid Row anymore. We're not talking about, I'm talking about the left or, or the alleged left, that left has been completely hijacked. Hmm. Not talking about social issues anymore. It's all about self-identity and Trump. That's everything. You know, I turn on American television every day because I, I really like to keep up with what's happening there. And, and, and the debate, what you can call debate, is, is Trump and self-identity. And political correctness that what about what about the gathering homeless in America? It's not talked about. Um, and, and this is the way it's been played. So Trump, Trump, Trump has, has been very, very useful to these people. And the other part of Trump, which is not very much talked about, is the fact that he is basically owned by Israel, not least by his son in law, Yared Kushner, a lifelong friend um, of um, Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, and, and, and Israel's getting everything it wants now. It's getting the embassy moved. There's no pushback against um, uh, illegal settlements in the occupied territories. They're just, I mean, there's no two-state solution left, no land left for a two-state solution, which was the plan all along. And so, uh, and so Trump, Trump uh, because he's, he's, he is very bombastic and he's very out there with his tweets and his statements, People can get the impression that he, here's a man striding the White House in total control of everything. He's not. He's absolutely not. Well, unfortunately, because we live in that binary thought process, ladies and gentlemen, what David just described is absolutely true. And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, you can be a critic of the Russian government and not be anti-Russian. You can be critical of the Mexican government and not be anti-Mexican. You can be critical of the Israeli government without being anti-Semitic or anti-Israeli. Just want to put that out there and qualify it because, you know, this is the world we live in. Anti, Anti-Zionism is anti-Semitic now, apparently. Yeah, that, 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 that's been done on purpose. Yes. Um, the, uh, it, because um, I, I find this absolutely stomach-turning disgusting. There are um, uh, groups around the world that, that go into the Israeli government. They could be charted into the very department that's orchestrating it, headed by a former um, uh, Israeli intelligence chief, um, who are absolutely using um, bad things that have happened to Jewish people um, to justify the censorship, to stop criticism of the far-right government in Israel. I find that sickening. Yeah. Um, it's not about protecting Jewish people from discrimination. It's about protecting the far-right government in Israel from legitimate criticism and exposure. And, and, and here's a, 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 a confirmation of that. If you are Jewish and you criticize the government in Israel, 
then you are targeted by this network even more fiercely than non-Jewish people saying the same. Because it's easy to dub a critic of Israel as um, anti-Semitic. And you're not really criticizing Israel, you're criticizing the government of Israel. Um, and and um, it's easy to dub them um, anti-Semitic. But if you're Jewish and you're saying the same thing, yeah. very much more difficult. So but, you get the treatment even worse. I can say it's nothing to do with protecting Jewish people. Absolutely nothing. When it, even even the inversion of reality of just using that, that nomenclature, like anti-Semitic, like you describe in your videos, you know, a Semitic just simply means a group of particular languages of which, you know, Jewish, you know, Jewish language is one of them. Most of them are Arab. So it's just like, it's, it's pretty weird. So I, I got one more question for you. I mean, this is, before we let you go, people always say, you know, these things are so crazy. They're so vast. There's no way that this could happen. And, you know, a perfect word to kind of describe how it obviously is, it can occur is through, the, through compartmentalization. The general doesn't have the same conversation with the general as he does with the private or parents don't have the same conversation with each other as they do with their eight year old. Talk to me, if you will, before we let you slide on just how compartmentalization works. It's a need to know kind of basis on a lot of these things. A lot of people have no idea they're a part of this agenda. It's just, you know, larger than them. This is absolutely uh, crucial to it working, because um, once knowledge of it reaches a certain number of people, then it starts to unravel. So you've got to keep the uh, nature of what you're doing secret from vast numbers of people who are actually making what you want happen without the knowledge of where the ultimate outcome is going. So I can do no better than to describe how a secret society works. Uh, you, you take the Freemasons, there's uh, 33 degrees of the Scottish Rite of Freemasons in the world are on the bottom three levels of degree, the so-called blue degrees. And as, as you um, go up the degrees, you are told um, uh, more, not only more and more, I've talked to many frequence, uh, free, uh, Freemasons who've come out of it, they say not only do they tell you uh, more than they tell you in the lower degrees, they tell you different. They say things like, oh, no, well, forget all that. That was for that degree. This is the real story. And then they go a bit higher and then they get another real story. It's all compartmentalization of knowledge. And the only people that know how the structure uh, fits together and, and what the agenda that organization is, is pursuing uh, actually is are the few at the top. Um, and so if you look at a corporation, a university, a government, any of these structures, media organizations, they're structured the same. You know, it, it's uh, how many people working on the shop floor or working in a newsroom know what's being discussed in the um, offices of the upper levels of the hierarchy of that organization. They don't know, don't know any of it. Um, they only know the information that reaches them usually on the basis of this is what you, you're going to do. This is what you're, how you're going to um, do this job. And so all over the world are billions of people who every day are making their little contribution to global enslavement while having no idea that that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They have children. They have families who are going to have to live in this world that we're heading towards. And if they knew what they were doing, then many of them, perhaps most of them, wouldn't be doing it. Uh, and so if you look at um, the way they make um, secret technology, they'll make part of it here, part of it there, part of it there, and part of it there. 
And only the few who actually put it together actually know what it is and, and, and what it's uh, even they might not know what its role is. And this is uh, happens throughout society. Uh, and therefore, um, when people say, oh, that the media would tell us if it was true. Well, it's the, the last people, the last people that would tell you what's happening in the world is the mainstream media. Mm. They're there to stop you uh, knowing about it, not to tell you. But when they say, um, uh, you know, you need too many people to know, well, you wouldn't. This is the, because of this structure. And, uh, you know, I tell you just a quick story. I've had people come to me. I, I got one in mind immediately who was quite high up, actually very high up in Shell Oil. And he came to one of my events and he came to me afterwards and he said, I've just realized and understood so many things. But he just retired. Um, I've just realized so many things that happened in my career with Shell that I didn't understand before. But I can see now what they were really for. He didn't know. And he was right high up. I mean, he, he was like... Uh, he was running a country level um, uh, section of Shell, uh, and he didn't know. You, you, you um, look at um, cabinets, uh, like the British cabinet um, at the time of the Iraq war. Uh, a, a, they were kept overwhelmingly, most of them in the dark about um, whether they were going to war or not. That was Blair and his little um, inner circle. Um, but they didn't know the background to why um, the, the, the war with Iraq was uh, manipulated into happening. Um, and, and they would have made a different decision if they had have known. And we're talking about, you know, government ministers here who didn't know. I mean, you, you take um, a government minister, right? Uh, they'll, they'll be given the environment department, uh, say, in Britain. And they'll go in. They know nothing about the environment. Um, so where do they get their information from? and their speeches from, and their positions from. They get it from what we call in Britain the civil service, government administration, deep state, or, or permanent government. Um, and then they'll, be, um, th th they'll say what they have in Britain. We, uh, the, the prime minister is having a cabinet reshuffle. In other words, they're going to move, move, the, um, move the deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy at the environment will now be put in charge of defense or something. And he won't know any more about defense than he knew about the environment. So when he gets into the defense department, the same thing happens. So uh, it, it's, it's basically a hierarchy of ignorance that allows this to happen. Or they call them useful, useful idiots, I guess. Useful idiots, yeah. <laughs> well, ultimately, I mean, I'd like to ask one more question on, you know, how is this stopped or reversed? Besides, I mean, obviously spreading the information, but... If the information does not spread, if the censorship is continued and the masses are are continually dumbed down or or the truth is hidden from them, what does the world look like? Well, it, it, the, the worst case scenario, um, and I'm going only on uh, what they are openly saying, if you put the dots together and you put the statements together and you put the subjects together, is a situation where... Um, the human uh, brain is connected to uh, AI. AI then becomes human consciousness. It becomes human perception. It becomes human emotional response or what passes for it. Uh, there will be a very few people, uh, at a, basically at a central point, that will be dictating human perception in its entirety. And um, uh, there will be 
by then a massive um, a, a cull of the population because of the way that, if you like, technology is going, they no longer need so many people to do what they want. Um, so this is where this uh, whole um, eugenics agenda and this what, what, where they're moving towards is um, you get to a certain age and then that's it. Um, some of them are even talking about it. 75 is, a, is, a, is, a, is an age that, um, that, that comes up um, uh, quite regularly in those um, uh, discussions. So it will be a world that you can read about in 1984 and you can read about in Brave New World. And you can read about or watch in this stream of dystopian movies that's mm. been coming out over the last um, 10, 15, 20 years, um, which is something known as preemptive programming, where they're basically preparing you consciously and subconsciously um, to become familiar with the world they want to bring in for real. So they're actually putting it in front of our face, things like yeah. uh, Minority Report. Um, where they are um, dealing with crime um, even before it happens pre because they're facing yeah. pre-crime. And it'd be pre-everything. I mean, look what they're, they're doing now. They want pre-censorship of the internet, algorithms that stop things being posted, never mind taken down once they are. Well, we got that. Uh, what are the laws called, Pat? The, uh, if you say something crazy on social networking and you own guns, somebody could call the cops and like no court hearing at all, just come take your guns. Based oh, off yeah. of red flag, the red flag laws. Red that are flag laws, yeah. Scary. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is this is all the stepping stones towards. It's like I say, know know the outcome, and you'll see the journey. Right. You see the journey um, in terms of uh, what these things really mean. Once you know where we where where we're being taken. If you don't know where we're being taken, they're just random events um, uh, which are looked at randomly. See the patterns, and it's uh, very sinister. But again. It's based on control of human perception, and we can take that back. Um, I mean, it's a whole new um, subject area, but you can take your perceptions back. You can increase your frequency um, and expand your state of awareness, even with all this bombardment that's coming our way. Um, it's, it's possible to do that because consciousness is more, more powerful than those who are seeking to manipulate Absolutely. it. But only if we understand the nature of the I. If we don't, and we uh, self-identify with the labels, then we, we are disconnecting ourselves from that power of um, perceptual expansion. And therefore, we become um, uh, puppets in a, in a game we don't even know is being played. Boiling frogs. Well, We're surrounded yeah. by those puppets everywhere we go when we try to hold conversations with people who don't understand what we understand. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, but the thing is not to get frustrated about it because nothing you can do about it right. um, uh, except except go on doing what you're doing. Right. Uh, and uh, then, um, but but I, I, mean, I must say, you know, ending on a positive note. Uh, when I when I started out 30 years ago on this journey, um, I'm, I couldn't walk down a street in Britain without being laughed at, ridiculed, pointed out, and uh, and and people laughing hysterically, uh, and, and and shouting abuse. Um, that doesn't happen now. <laughs> that doesn't happen now. I have people stop me all the time, not just in Britain but around the world, um, to want to talk about this um, information seriously, and it, it can it can get frustrating um, and 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 to an extent misleading um, if people look at the mainstream everything as I call it and perceive what's happening to people 
um, from that perspective. Because away from the microphones, you see, it's it's the shrill voices and the sensors and the system people and system servers that, that basically have control of the microphones in the mainstream. Right, right. And, and it can seem, therefore, that there's certain perceptual state. But 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 when you you travel, as I do and around the world, um, you see um, you see a different humanity. Of course, vast numbers of people are still in the program, but you see it changing. You see uh, people questioning what they weren't questioning before. And, you know, this Brexit thing in Britain was an expression of that. Uh, the reason they were shocked at um, 17.4 um, million people voting to come out of the EU when the the agenda is for the EU to absorb more countries, not let anyone go, uh, is because they didn't understand that this awakening was happening, even on that level. And, and of course, when, when you're voting at an election, um, you can, uh, again, not under, uh, appreciate the scale of this perceptual change because you vote for a party and the party tells you what it stands for and then it doesn't does what it bloody likes um and mm -hmm. but what happened with a referendum for the first time is it was uh, it bypassed political parties in that way it was do you want to come out or do you want to stay in uh, and they were shocked at the people that wanted to come out because mm -hmm. of the number that had realized what a straitjacket control system the EU is. And they never realized the political class that people um, were thinking like that uh, because they, they just take them for granted. Oh, they're the great unwashed. They'll believe anything mm. we tell them. Well, that's not happening now like it was before. I, and of course, Trump, Trump is an example of I that. I was just going to say, I think Trump was a ripple effect of that as well because yeah. I mean, part of that same Trump kind of consciousness shift. Yeah, Trump was absolutely right. Where, you know, whether, whether you know, people think he's genuine or, or, or not, he was saying what so many people in America thought, but up to that point, Republican or Democrat had no means to express it because, it, you know, you were looking at basically um, two masks on the same face very clearly. Right. The one party state. He suddenly came and started talking um, in terms that, 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 that many of those people were feeling but had no way of expressing. He gave them a, a means to express it. And, and that's why people, again, were shocked that Trump got in because they don't understand um, uh, how so many people um, are thinking differently yes. to, to what we see in the public arena. Wow. Without a doubt. Pat, any closing question statement for David? We have kept him way longer than we told him we would. And I apologize. But, man, this was uh, this went awesome. <laughs> well, I'm, I, you know, it, I am optimistic in the fact that humanity will see the light and hopefully be able to reverse this this path. Uh, I hope Trump is who many think he is. Um, we will find out, I'm sure, in in the future. But uh, you know, it's it is a bit scary to think of you know if if these folks, the elites, do reach their reach their goals and their vision. Man, it's it's not good. Yeah, I mean, I'll take Trump more seriously when I, I read a story that uh, John Bolton and Mike Pompeo have been, um, have been sacked. And, um, and uh, someone uh, like Tulsi Gabbard, I know she's a Democrat, <laughs> has been made national security advisor. Because I think that when that happens, we'll stop bombing brown-faced uh, people right. uh, in the Middle East and we'll stop spending trillions of dollars on killing people 
and putting them in the coffers of um, the armament uh, military industrial complex and we'll start putting people back in homes again and getting them off the street. Well, I he's do agree also, with you on Tulsi Gabbard, sir. He's also surrounded by Golden Sachs folks as well. David exactly. Ike, the new movie is Renegade. How do we track that movie down, sir, and how do we stay in touch with you and find out what you're up to? Well, if you, uh, people go to davidike.com, I-C-K-E, um, they'll find out how to watch the movie Renegade. They can watch it now if they like. It's about an hour and 40 minutes, and it connects an enormous number of dots. I didn't edit it. Um, I didn't um, direct it. It was done by an American company that didn't absolutely support what I'm saying because they didn't really know much about it. But um, they thought my story and what I'm saying was an interest would make an interesting movie, and they That's edited right. it. And because they edited it, from a, uh, we don't really understand, uh, know this in depth perspective, it's it's very accessible to um, anyone who are watching this stuff for the first time. And very comprehensive, absolutely. Mr. David Ike, I cannot begin to thank you enough for all of the work you've done, sir, and for taking the time and coming on and chopping up with us today. Continued success and blessings, sir. I can't thank you enough, man. Real thank pleasure. Uh, absolute pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. Safe travels. Be good, everyone. Peace and so much love. Stay tuned. There will always be more.